Hey Bubblies, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today the BFF is back in the pod basement to start a new series of chats covering Bestie Flicks. And today we're starting with the classic and quintessential Bestie Flick, Thelma and Louise. Hi, Jill. Howdy. Nice to be back. It's been a few. It's been a while. How you been? I've been doing all right. I've been doing. Doing good. Good. So we will go ahead and just get right into it. So spoiler warning for Thelma and Louise that came out in 1991, I think. So uh, it's the classic movie about besties and murder. And a quick content warning for discussions on rape and sexual assault. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with this old-ass movie, <laughs> the, the plot is, you know, two besties, Thelma and Louise, set off on a road trip. They end up shooting a rapist and going on the run, robbing a gas station, then take a permanent bestie vacay. So, Jill... <laughs> have you so for me i have only seen this i only just watched this movie for the podcast we've I, never seen it before never seen oh. it before so i think between all like the parodies and everything because i think they parodied it parodied it, it <laughs> they did a bit in i think one of the wayne's world movies i think it was the second one wayne and garth drive they do the whole oh. Thelma and louise drive off the, drive the, cliff. Off the cliff so I knew of it. I knew, I felt like I knew enough of it where I didn't need to watch it. Mm. So it was, it was cool to watch it. Kind of, kind of wish I would have watched it sooner because it is, it's, it's a great movie about besties, lecherous men and <laughs> friendship and yeah, just two women just becoming badasses. So yeah, I wish I was a bit more familiar with it, but how about you? Have you always been a fan of the movie? Uh, yeah. I So 1991 is when it came out. So it is 20 years old. But I watched it when it came out. And I actually own it on DVD. But I haven't watched it in a while. So, I mean, it's been probably years since I've watched it. So it was nice to go back to it. Because I knew I liked the movie. But I also forgot some of the things that happened more of just like watching it through a m more mature set of eyes, mm -hmm. you know, and really kind of understanding more where the characters are coming from and understanding, like understanding it more. Yeah. Being a, you know, being a, an adult, I mm -hmm. guess, or whatever. <laughs> it's the, as far as like the movie itself, and the topics and the themes, I feel like they're still relevant today. And I I kind of feel like with the Me Too movement and all of that, that it, it's even more relevant. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and after, what am I trying to say? It's it stood the test of time and it's, yeah, relevant. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. It's, I think it's a movie that has aged well it, there's nothing wrong with it watching it now as just someone who just watched it like I said I knew I knew enough of the plot kind of mm -hmm. going into it so I knew that there was uh, a would-be rapist I mean Harlan is a rapist let's just he probably is was I felt a like a predator of some sort yeah I mean yeah. I think the the waitress mm -hmm. kind of alluded to that when Thelma and Louise sat down in the bar, that honky-tonk bar that where they first went, mm -hmm. you know, they take off on their road trip and Thelma really wants to make like a stop because they're on vacation and yeah. want to live it up because she's finally like getting away from her husband, her like uber controlling asshole of a husband. When they sit down and the waitress comes over and Harlan's like, you know, trying to get in with them and starts talking to them. She, you know, she makes, like, are you bothering these ladies, Harlan? Mm -hmm. Like, she knows his reputation. So, right away, like, I caught that. I'm like, oh, he's got, he's got a history. Yep. He's got a reputation. He's known for being a little bit of a troublemaker with the ladies. Yep. Yep. And then she told the, uh, the police detective that uh, Harvey Keitel's character, Hal. Hal, yep. She's like... 
they couldn't have done it. You know, they were they were too good, too nice. Uh, left a nice big tip. You know, Harlan, because he was like, well, who could have done it? And she's like, his wife. Yeah. Anyone's husband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not these two. They didn't have. A, I even like I wrote down the quote the quote there or like her line mm-hmm. that she said. She said the smaller one with the tidy hair left a big tip, <laughs> which is Louise, mm-hmm. uh, Susan Sarandon's character. Neither of those two were the murdering type, pal. <laughs> yeah, because she that had tidy, was just kind of funny, and she did have tidy hair. Like, she did for the time. Time, yeah, very. I don't know. I liked the progression of Susan Sarandon's hair. You know, up and tidy and in its place and even the way she like packed her suitcase all nice and tidy her mm. shoes are in a plastic bag you know uh gina davis is just dumping shit into bags <laughs> but then you know by the end of the movie susan sarandon like literally lets her hair down and mm. like that glorious curly mop oh if someone was just straight hair i love i love curly hair i love the wild curly hair so yeah and it even like like her hair and even um like the costuming mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, she started out very put together, the jacket with the collared shirt, you mm-hmm. know, when they're at the hunky tonk and just very more like prim yeah, and yeah. proper yep. in a way. And then by the end, she's wearing like a cutoff shirt. She's got a bandana around her neck. You know, she's dirty, yep. like dusty. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see that progression of like how this road trip has changed them. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, liked and, and Gina Davis's character, too. Thelma, right? I never get I, them right. Yeah, I get them mixed up. I, it's Thelma, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess I always thought they were reversed. But even her, like her progression of being almost like a kind of a timid housewife, you know, she's scared of like the murderers and the psychopaths. That's why she grabs the gun. And I was like, oh, she's almost like a little murderino. She's so paranoid about everything. Being in the woods at <laughs> yeah. a cabin. And yeah, what she was like talking about, what if there's a psychopath in the woods and or a bear? <laughs> <laughs> Just going down all these like avenues that could possibly happen. And I like I like that psychopath in the woods was her first go-to yeah. and, and not bear. I, I, appre- <laughs> I appreciated that from like a murderino perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, girl. And just like all the shit she packed. Yes. It cracked me up. Um, she tried to bring a lamp. <laughs> I missed that part. But just like her taking a whole drawer of her clothes and just dumping them into a suitcase. I'm like, you're staying two days. Yeah. It, it just cracked me up. I mean, I'm an overpacker, but I, that was a bit much for me. So, <laughs> But yeah, she was really, and I liked her outfit at the beginning of the movie when they first set off that very white, just all white, nice oh. and light and flowy. It was really cute. I liked it. And then, yeah, by the end, just, yeah, dirty, dusty, not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. So, and by that point, like, not so timid, not so scared. You know, they get pulled over by the cop towards the end of the movie and she just straight up just goes and puts a gun to his head. She's like, I'm sorry, sir. I can't have, can't let you do this. And then she starts calling the shots. And she tells Susan Sarandon, she's like, well, you need to shoot out the radio. So she shoots out the car radio. She's like, no, the cop radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Susan Sarandon, she's just so, like, taken back, like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Here she goes. So. It's like role reversal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I noticed that, too, like, after... It was kind of like after her fling with JD and um oh young Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh what a dish. <laughs> he's so tiny, like he just seems so skinny. I don't know. He's young. Yeah. Anyways, um like you could so you could see like something switched in her and she was like taking control of her life and being more assertive and thought yeah, that whole that whole scene with the the sheriff or the officer that pulled him over and then like the bullet hose in the trunk mm-hmm. so he had air air air, air holes air hole. yeah <laughs> and then the cyclist so comes she's not up like heartless you yeah know? and then and then uh and then the cyclist like this random ass cyclist uh outside like the it's like Grand Utah. yeah it's like you I, I looked it up a lot of the movie when they're out in like the deserty scenes it's utah and moab and like arches national park yeah, <laughs> it's some random like 
biker biking in the desert, hot as shit. And just like a big old joint. <laughs> Smoking a big old doobie. And then I loved I, I loved that, uh, you know, he had his Walkman all strapped to yes. his arm because, of course. This and, was uh, like pre-iPod days. Oh, God, yeah. And I was like, that's how they did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, so he just takes a big old pole off the joint and pulls it into one of the bullet holes where the cop of the trunk where the cop was. And then we don't see the cop again, which was fine because that was hilarious. Yeah. That was a nice little ending for that dude. That When I was talking about some of the things that I didn't remember, that was one of the scenes that I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It cracked me up. <laughs> it's just so, like a little levity to like, you know, kind, kind of, of a balance. really serious yeah. topic and... The yeah. stuff that they're going through. So it was it was just kind of random, and but I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful random moment. So uh, let's see. So we've got our two main characters, obviously Thelma and Louise. And which one? Which one do you kind of? If you were to say, if you were Thelma or Louise, which one do you think you would be? Like, which one kind of resonated with you? And maybe it was like Thelma at the beginning and Louise at the end, or vice versa. And I need to write down who played who because I'm still confused. I think that I probably relate more to a Louise, or I feel like I'm more of a Louise. Like, I, I'm i kind of bossy, you know? <gasps> <laughs> I feel like I've got my shit together, like I know what to do, and a crisis happens, and, you know, I just, I, I'm able to survive. Like, mm-hmm. I know how to survive, yeah. and that's kind of what, you know, she's got a backstory, too, that you don't learn about until... Way later in the movie, almost to the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's a survivor, and it's really made her tough, and, you know, she's smart, and she doesn't take shit. Like, she knows how to handle herself around, let's say, difficult people. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember one, one scene, like, when they do meet JD, like, they're outside that, it's like a gas station, yeah. convenience store, selling shit. Yeah. I don't know, in the middle of the desert. And there's just some, like, random guy standing against a post, and she walks past him. She's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It really, it spoke to me, because mm-hmm. I think that I'm more of a Louise. Thelma, she kind of annoyed me a little bit at first, like, in the beginning, because she is so naive. She's so, she can seem very flighty and mm-hmm. just not really think things through, maybe a little indecisive, indec- but as... Like, the movie progressed, and you kind of see her breaking out of her shell a little bit. Then I, you know, I started, like, to understand her more and, like, root for her, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. See, I was thinking about this, and I think I think I would like to think that I'm a... Check my list. Louise. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for all those same reasons. You know, kind of good head on her shoulders, problem solver, survivor, and knows how to handle her shit. But... I think I can be more of a Lu- nope, more of a Thelma, <laughs> just with that flightiness. I mean, I can't get the goddamn name straight. I keep looking at my notes, so it's I- okay. It's your first time watching the movie, mm-hmm. so I think I, I think I'm a bit more of a Thelma. <laughs> I looked again, and <laughs> in in that mix of both of early Thelma. And then later Thelma, where she's just kind of like, nope, now I'm going to take charge in this situation here and mm-hmm. and get us out of it because that's what I'm going to do now. Yep. So so she really found herself and found her voice and her ability to kind of stand up and be like, you know what? No, we're not. <laughs> you're not going to arrest us and you're not going to call us in. And I think for me, it felt like after J.D. stole the money, like after after she had sex with um, young hunky Brad Pitt. And got a big old hickey that she was so proud of. <laughs> Holy shit, how 90s is that? Like, look at my hickey. Like, no one does that. <laughs> I mean, no one should have done that even oh, then. Oh, God, so gross. The hickeys are gross. But they were like a sign of, like, look at me, I got some. I got some. I remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like her shift kind of happened after, after she had sex with JD and after he stole their money. And because then she goes, she just decides she's going to rob this gas station mm-hmm. she comes running out and she's like start the car <laughs> start the car i so yeah so about that time is where i was just like hell yeah gina davis's character i didn't look at my list and thelma thelma so yeah i feel like when push comes to shove 
then yeah, I can I can do the bossy thing and the <laughs> we're gonna rob a gas station thing and <laughs> when push comes to shove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean I guess I yeah I don't like being bossy, but it's within my abilities. I have the power. I'm I'm not going to agree or disagree. <laughs> you have the power. Your mama, you can. Your tiger mom. So. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. So, Gina Davis, Thelma, is married to a really shitty version of Shooter McGavin, uh, played by, oh, God, what's that guy's name? Something McDonald. I thought I had it written down. He, um, it's Christopher McDonald. Yes. Thank you. Uh, he, he always kind of plays a dick. He does. Or, like, just a slime. Like, yeah. kind of slimy. And he does it so well. I'm sure in real life, maybe he's not like that. But, so, funny story. Mm-hmm. So we were at the dog park today, and I was like, oh, we should stop at Quick Trip, because I wanted to get one of their, like, super high sugar cappuccinos, because it was cold. And um, Ryan's like, yeah, we can do that. I'm like, yeah, I know we can do that. (laughs) I'm driving. He's like, no, I'm going to tell you that we can do that. (laughs) And I started laughing. He's like, I'm going to start be, I'm going to start acting like Thelma's husband Daryl in that movie because he watched he watched it with me and he fell asleep about halfway through so he did experience the Daryl and we were both kind of just chuckling about how like just misogynistic and absurd he is mm-hmm. like a little over like maybe a little overacting but it really I think he had to to make it come through that he's just a dick like yeah a woman hater trying yep. to be controlling. So that was our funny little thing today. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start acting like treating you like Daryl treats Thelma in that movie. <laughs> like, okay, Daryl. Oh boy, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was something else. He was, I mean, all the men. I I love that. Like all the men in this movie sucked. <laughs> they okay, were, I will argue that almost all the men. Go ahead. <laughs> I nope, that's pla- I have the platform. Um, so <laughs> he has the talking stick. Um, Hal, the detective, yeah, Harvey Ke- played by Harvey Keitel. I think as the investigation progressed, he did start caring, like what happened to these two women, mm-hmm. and like I think he he wanted them to bring it, bring them in because he wanted them to be safe, and I think that he wanted to help them mm-hmm. in whatever way he thought he was going to be helpful, and I so I don't think that he was. A bad, like, I th- I don't think that he was a terrible man. I would agree with that, that, yeah, Hal was not, he wasn't a Daryl, and he wasn't, like, that random truck driver. Oh, my God. He wasn't a Harlan. <laughs> I mean, even, like, Michael Madsen is in it, so young and adorable in it. He is adorable. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So he plays Jimmy. He plays Louise's boyfriend. Yeah. And but you get the sense that he's abusive too, yeah, right? Because he flies off the handle and he starts knocking shit over at the one of the hotel rooms, and she's just kind of like, "Fuck this." Well, even maybe um, emotionally abusive mm-hmm. too, because like it's from their conversation when they meet. It seems at one point, Louise Louise wanted to marry him, like that she wanted to be with him, and that was her person. And he, you know, he didn't. Mm-hmm. But now that he is realizing that, oh, Louise is going to leave, like, Louise will be gone, I might never see Louise again, then he, you know, backpedals and makes all these, like, maybe not, what's the word I'm looking for? He makes these gestures of, let's get married, and he, you know, Mm -hmm. has a ring and all this stuff when he knows that he's losing something. Yep. Which kind of pissed me off. It's like, oh, you didn't, you knew what you had, and Mm. you didn't appreciate it then, but now that... She's leaving, and she's going off on her own life without you. Now you're making yep. the effort. Yep. I was like, fuck you, man. Yeah, I got a little sense of, like, manipulative. Yeah. You know, yeah, whether, yeah, emotionally, um, mentally. But I was I was glad that, you know, obviously she leaves him. And then I was – I had read that uh, the director Ridley wanted – Ridley Yep. Was wanted the original scene, so he took a lot of notes from Susan Sarandon Ooh. with with regards to like the character, her character, and everything. So 
originally when her and Jimmy meet up, she was supposed to, her character is supposed to have sex with him. Okay. And she talked to Ridley Scott and she's like, I just don't think that Louise would do that at this point. Um, And they just talked it out and kind of changed it to what we got now. Because she's like, if she ends up having sex with him, she's going to be mad at herself. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool that he took the time to really listen to these notes and incorporate them. Because I think that would have been very off-putting and not at all aligned with the character. Yeah, not in her character at all. She doesn't seem like a swoony, like, oh, I'm going to just open my legs now that you're Mm -hmm. back in my life or trying to be back in my life. Like, it doesn't really fit with her character. I didn't know that. That's that's really cool. And it's also really cool that Susan Sarandon was, like, super insightful about the character Mm -hmm. and... You know, and provided that made feedback. it work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I like Susan Sarandon, and I like Gina Davis. I like the whole cast. Yeah, really. Me too. So yeah, that was that was a little fun fact. I was like, good, good for you, Ridley Scott, for listening, and you know, good for you, Susan Sarandon, for <laughs> speaking up and advocating for those changes. So, anything else on Susan? Okay, so with Louise, we find out her backstory. She's got mm-hmm. a thing against Texas. She doesn't even want to drive from Oklahoma to go get from Oklahoma to Mexico, but without going through Texas. But without going through Texas. <laughs> so, and then we find out later that it's because she was raped in Texas. And we don't really get a whole lot else, which is fine. We don't need a whole hell of a mm-hmm. lot else. But you definitely get the sense that something traumatic had happened to her um, when she's saving Thelma from Harlan. Because Harlan says something like, oh, we were just having a little bit of fun. She kind of breaks her, like, strong stance. Her voice cracks, and you kind of see it in the face a little bit, where she says the line, if a woman's crying like that, she's not having any fun. So you get that sense that, like, something happened. Right. And uh, Like she's speaking from experience. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that we didn't. It didn't come out until the end of the movie and that it was just more or less a line of, like, this is what happened. Or Louise figured it out. Nope, Thelma figured it out. Thelma figured it out, yeah. So I thought, I I just kind of liked, I liked that. We didn't need a whole hell of a lot of backstory there. Mm -hmm. We don't need to linger on that. Right. You you got that sense in that scene at the beginning and then that confirmation. So you're just kind of like, well, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Shoot the asshole. Shoot the bastard. <laughs> yeah. So it really, for me, I mean, it, I sympathized even more with her at that point, too, once that was all confirmed and everything. And I was, I felt they were justified <laughs> in everything they did. <laughs> and I, I kind of think that maybe it was, in a fucked up sense, cathartic mm-hmm. for Louise. Yeah, Louise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm getting the names mixed up. Um. You know, because we don't know, like, and we don't need to know the details of her assaults, but she knew what to do and how to act and what, like, what to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks volumes, you Mm know, and like not being afraid to pull, to pull the trigger and fucking shoot that fucker. Hell yeah. Shoot him dead. I loved it too when uh, Thelma started laughing about it at the end. (laughs) Like she's laughing, like, crying, like yeah. She's like losing my goddamn. Tur- what did she drink? Wild turkey mine. Like she's yeah. drunk on wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and the scene where she bites the little bottles, ma'am. It would be more economical if you bought this one. Yep. Like, big bottle. <laughs> no, I'm okay. <laughs> just buying twenty tiny little bottles of wild turkey. You know they're easier to transport. You just down the one and then. On to the next one. Don't you litter. Don't litter. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the Thelma. So, yeah, we talked about Thelma a bit and Daryl and just kind of her overall progression. I was so scared for her in that scene with Harlan because I thought I didn't realize that he doesn't actually rape her. Thank God. And so I was glad that. It was kind of over with quickly, you know. Uh, Can't drag it out too much. Yeah. It's triggering. Like, that whole scene is very triggering. Mm-hmm. And it's not only, like, the assault, but he, like, like slaps her mm-hmm. m- multiple times and, like, abuses her. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's very triggering. And just the fact that he is so brazen about it, just right there in the fucking parking lot, and just so like self-assured and cocky and entitled mm-hmm. and oh, it was it was hard to watch, but la- luckily it's not a very long scene, not a lot of lingering and we get the point and we move on. I think a lot of times in shows and movies using rape as the vehicle to propel a woman's story is not always handled well. I think sometimes we get a little too much of the actual maybe rape. And and so I think even for a movie that's like 20 years old has aged amazingly in terms of how they handled such a very delicate and triggering situation. And I really, really appreciated that because especially when now you go back and watch older movies that maybe either you haven't watched in a while or haven't seen, you kind of worry about like, how was this done back in the day right. where some of those things maybe not have been in too much of a consideration. But mm-hmm. um, I think I read that the screenwriter was a woman and she kind of just hammered out the the script. Kelly Corey, K-H-O-U-R-I, it was the writer. So I think that says a lot too, the fact that it was uh, written by a woman. Yeah. So she knew how to incorporate something like that, but not have it be... Such a big main major focus or dwell on it and make it gross and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I felt I, agree. I find that it's for a movie that has that subject matter in it, it is it is still triggering, but it's as delicate as <laughs> you know, a movie in nineteen ninety one could be in terms of dealing and in handling that. So good job, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with all those points, and that that wasn't the only like that was kind of the catalyst mm-hmm. to put them on the run, obviously. But then there's all this other crazy shit that happens to them, or that they do. So it kind of makes it more of a, a well-rounded story. Yes, in a way. Yep. And that yeah, I think they did a really good job of addressing sexual assault, but not making it super graphic. Yes. I completely agree. And then at the end when they finally confront like that really icky truck driver. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> so, and they just straight up they're calling him out. They're like, "When does that work?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they shoot his tanker and everything. And I love cuz then they're like, "Well, how'd you learn to shoot like that?" TV and <laughs> they're just they're adorable. Oh. When when um Gina Davis when Thelma was like I bet he called us beavers. Did you call us beavers? <laughs> I hate when they call us beavers. I know. I was like, oh my God. Beavers. It's kind of an antiquated word. Yes. In a way. Like, I haven't heard a woman's, that, a woman's area <laughs> called a beaver in a really long time. And I think I might bring it back. You should. You should. <laughs> I like it. I laughed so hard because, yeah, like you, I'm just like... <laughs> Beaver? It's like, oh. I really hate when they call us beavers. <laughs> oh, man. that That is my favorite, favorite scene. In and the that's movie. adorable because it's like of all the terrible things that men mm-hmm. can call us, that's what she hates. <laughs> and I think it was just at that point, too, like, like it kind of just needed a little bit of comedy. Like, it was almost like comedy relief. Mm-hmm. And that it, and the other thing. I was thinking about this in the shower this morning is that you see you see that truck driver throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they're always crossing paths on the road, yep. right? Yep. And the way he that that truck driver treats them is disrespectful, obnoxious, you know, making gross and lewd gestures at mm-hmm. them, you know. And I was kind of thinking about it. That's how women are always treated. Yeah. Throughout time. Mhm. And it, it's just kind of like a, a parallel to, like, what happens in real life. Like, since being a young girl, you know that men are going to, you know, say weird, gross things to you mm-hmm. or make weird gestures towards you. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was kind of like maybe they didn't really think that it was a theme when they wrote it. But that was one of the themes that I took from it mm-hmm. is that. It is kind of a statement about how women are treated in our society. Oh, absolutely. So when they blow up that motherfucking taker 
and that stupid ugly truck driver is like slamming his head on the ground and <laughs> fuck you bitches, you know. I was like, it was just like huzzah, <laughs> <laughs> huzzah for the beavers. Yes. No. <laughs> oh my We're taking God. it back. Yeah, no, this is definitely like a nice kind of old school feminist story mm-hmm. of you know two women ditching out on their icky mean men in their life and giving the finger to every other icky gross man they come across except for Brad Pitt which I mean she more or less used she used him just as much as he used her I think maybe not initially that was her intention but you know she other than losing the money it's not like she ever planned on seeing him again or that this was going to turn into any kind of romance it's like she it was just a fling yeah she just needed she needed a proper fucking. She needed a distraction. And he provided it. And I loved Louise's reaction of just being so happy and supportive for her. I loved that. I know what everyone's talking about now. <laughs> As she's like showing her hickey. Yeah. <laughs> they're just so excited. Oh, they are. They're great best friends, I think. So as we as we go through our uh, bestie flicks, I'm sure we'll kind of rank the... Um, the relationships of the characters. So with this one being our first one, I think they're going to set the bar pretty high in terms of besties. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these these two women are definitely, they've got each other's backs no matter what. No matter if one shoots a dude or if one robs a bank or, or not a bank, a, a gas station or fucks a dude and loses all their money. They got each other's backs, thick and thin, no matter what. And I think even without having committed a felony, (laughs) it still would have been that way. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, And the reactions to the things, like when J.D. steals the money and, you know, obviously Louise is upset. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell that she's shook. Yeah. She was depending on that money to get her to Mexico and start a life, you know, start a new life there. And now she's shook and she kind of, like, Almost shuts down in a little bit of a way. I think that's like, like you can see it. I think that's the most vulnerable and like kind of quote broken we see her right. in this in throughout the movie. Yeah. But Thelma kind of counteracts that by, well, robbing the the store <laughs> and then, you know, getting them some money so they can continue to get to Mexico and just like being like supportive. Like yeah. in, in that fucked up way yeah i'm just gonna rob a store (laughs) oh and that's the other thing like when she was in the store she was using all the lines that jd used when he was robbing his banks like you know nobody's no you know what did he say something like keep your keep your heads on and you won't lose it yeah yeah, she says something, something like that and so it was just funny to watch the tape of her doing that while she's robbing the store and then seeing the reaction of the detectives and her husband because her husband's just like who the fuck is this woman you know and seeing and it was like perfect because he's such a fucking jackass Mm -hmm. i was like yeah yeah you know it kind of hurt him in a way too oh yeah he was such a piece of shit she says at one point in the movie she tried to call him it was four in the morning and he wasn't home and Mm. And then when she did talk to him, he was mad at her. And she's like, why the fuck's he mad? Why, you know, she's like, I'm the one that should be fucking mad. It's like, hell yeah, you should be mad. You should have been mad. Mm-hmm. You should have been hella mad years ago. So I love that. Yeah, just just their their road trip to Fucketville. <laughs> it was fun to watch. <laughs> to I want to go to Fucketville. <laughs> Find me a young Brad Pitt along the way. No. <laughs> hey, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go fishing. <laughs> this was, yeah, this was a great movie. Like I said, I wish, I really wish I would have watched it sooner. I don't really have any good reason other than I can just kind of be a shit about movies. Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like the bigger they are, the more popular they are, the more I'm like, eh. Yeah. I've seen the parodies. Yeah. I've, you know, I know you enough. Do have that attitude. I do. I know you. I, I definitely think I'm better than some movies. You you think you're better. I'm better than <laughs> most things. The other thing I wanted to, in your observations, mm-hmm. the cinematography of this movie was yes. beautiful. Even because it starts in Arkansas, whatever. Um, yes. <laughs> sorry. 
No hate towards Arkansas. Um, but, you know, it's like green and lush yes, and wet yeah. and like, you know, whatever Arkansas is. And then it goes to like deserty and kind of like just nothing. Yeah. Like just a store in the middle of nowhere. And it's but it's beautiful. In it its, is. In its way with the the, sand, the sandstones and the, the arches and the giant rock formations mm-hmm. um, and the way they shot it. It was beautiful. I especially like the scene. It's right before, you know, they they take the dive over the cliff. But um, it's when the, the helicopter mm-hmm. is kind Comes of up. like, you know, kind of keeping track with them. But you can't see the helicopter from their vantage point. Mm-hmm. But it's in a valley. Yeah. And then you can kind of see it come up. And just like seeing like the the landscape and the wide lens. And it's just beautiful. I completely agree. I loved it. I loved all the desert shots and just being able. But I also thought because it's so dusty, mm. and but also so flat and barren and just like desolate. Yeah, desolate. And I'm like, you really, y'all can't find them in that dusty ass <laughs> road, having that hard of a time. Yeah, that is true. It's dusty as fuck, you guys. Like you and can't follow that dust cloud. <laughs> Like, I'm sure, yeah, you could see for miles. You'd be like, oh, there's a little dust. It's probably them over there. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the cinematography, I loved the landscape. And even going from that lush, green, full, a lot of stuff going on, you know, uh, suburbia and everything of Arkansas to this open, barren, vast wasteland, so to speak. Not really because it's still gorgeous, but comparatively speaking, I mean, that's almost like a metaphor for them. Going from having, quote, everything, thinking that it's everything, to just them. Oh, and that's all that they need is yeah. them and a trunk full of Thelma's luggage and <laughs> fishing net. Fishing net. <laughs> lantern. Yeah. That's a really good observation. So mm-hmm. I, I, I liked that too. So I thought that was... I thought that was done very well. But then, yeah, all the dusty. All I could think was like, God, how much did it suck to film that? When the helicopter comes up, especially those end scenes when all the cops are there. There's like, what, three or four fucking helicopters or something? At least. I was trying to count the the cop cars at the point where they were like, they were chasing them along the desert. And they're kind of like in a V formation. But there there was six on each side. So at least 12 mm-hmm. in the shot. Jesus. So, yeah, all the dust and trying to keep your equipment and your cameras clean. Yep. Yikes. <laughs> and, I mean, let's be honest, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon still looked super cute, even with, like, the dust oh, on yeah. their faces. Like, makeup dust? Yeah. Is what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, did they do makeup? Like, to make it look <laughs> dusty? Or the, is it really dust? Or do they just, like, throw dust in their face? Yeah. (laughs) And I appreciated that they kept them dirty and dusty looking Mm -hmm. and not, you know, here we have, you know, two beautiful actresses, you know, especially in the 90s, younger and everything, like, and still, quote, kind of covering that up with, like, the dusty makeup and not keeping them clean and fresh face. But, I mean, it's very, it's much more true to the story and what they're going through. Absolutely. So, any other stray observations you got? Oh. Oh, I was just going to mention the scene with the tech, the um, Hale, the cop sheriff, I don't mm-hmm. know what his title was, and Brad Pitt. So <laughs> he asked the other detective to leave the room, and he goes up to him, and he just, like, starts hitting him with the, <laughs> with the hat. And this is why I also go back to why I don't think all the men in the film were complete ball bags. Mm-hmm. He said, these these... These girls had a chance yes. until they met him and he took their money. And so I thought that also spoke to, like, he actually, he cared about what happened to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he wants to bring them in because that's his job, but he wants to bring them in in one piece. And so, yeah, I just, I, I made a note of it because that was also the other thing that I thought, like, oh, he does... He actually cares about what Mm -hmm. happens. I completely agree. And I remember, and that line stood out to me as well, where, you know, yeah, when he tells Brad Pitt, like, these these girls had a chance. And it's like, so he probably knowing, like, the waitress and probably knowing Harlan probably could have spun it to be somewhat of a self-defense act, even though it really wasn't. I mean, even Thelma says herself, Louise says it wasn't self-defense because they were walking away. But... 
he was it's def just with that one line you definitely got that sense that he would have done what he could have mm -hmm. to get them as l a less of a charge as possible yeah i agree but then yep once brad pitt stole their money and our hearts <laughs> there was no turning back <laughs> So and I so I agree. Yeah, Hal was Hal was definitely one of the one of the good men in the movie. Um cuz even at that final showdown, all the cops are there, all their guns are drawn and everything and he's like, "No, like, you know, mm -hmm. what are they doing?" And the one Jeffrey Toblerone or whatever the fuck his name is who always plays like a shitty gross character, he was like the other cop. Oh, I'm sorry. Steven Toblowski. Tobolowski. He was just like, it's standard procedure. So and in that, Hal ran towards their car mm -hmm. knowing that there's like 50 shotguns pointed at that car. He ran towards their car as they started driving off and going over to the cliff. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? To help, to more or less maybe like be that shield so they wouldn't just open fire and he could maybe try to get to them just yeah, in time. He so he was wishing. Yeah. So what do you think of that end, the permanent bestie vacation? They uh, just said everything else sucked so bad they chose death over any possible living situation. I'll be honest. The first time I watched this movie, I was shocked by the ending. I didn't see that that was going to how it was going to end. Like, I guess my thoughts were either they were going to get away somehow or they were going to get brought in. Mm -hmm. Right. I like. Driving off a cliff, didn't even, didn't even imagine it. So I was shocked by the ending. After, after, you know, now I'm watching it again. I know it's going to happen. It's believe. I guess it's believable. Like, F, you know, knowing all the things that they've gone through. And I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, do I? I mean, knowing how the movie ended for all these years, I guess I never really thought about it because I didn't watch the movie. But I'm like, what I would. Am I am I good with this ending or would I rather see them maybe get away? And I think I'm good with this ending. I think it's and if, again, I think it says a lot about women and what kind of like our choices and how we are treated in the world. Mm. And that, you know what, instead of going back and being treated like shit and having to relive the maybe Harlan not, encounter and maybe all of not that. being believed. And yep. Our story spun and twisted. And yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to deal with that bullshit. Mm -mm. Nope. And then, then that's something that like Louise mentions right away because um, Thelma wants to go to the police after they shoot, after Louise shoots Harlan. And one of the first things uh, Louise says is that basically it's going to be hard to prove that he was attacking her because she's like everyone saw you dancing with him and these are and that's not an invitation we all know that but it's like even back then you know what i mean even just a short 20 years ago that's the question and that's the answer that how many millions of women it's victim blaming yep you did something to provoke it yep and as shitty as that is they're not wrong they weren't they're wrong. Not wrong so i i get the I support it. <laughs> yeah, I was a little um, irritated at first by Louise's response to Thelma because mm -hmm. I felt like she was victim blaming mm -hmm. when she was saying you were dancing with him. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to believe you. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, considering the time, considering the history of how women have been treated. I don't think that she intentionally was victim blaming. I think she was just more laying out the facts and yep. trying to be realistic about mm -hmm. about it. Yep. You know. And who knows? Because since we don't get details of what happened to Louise in Texas, she could be same thing could have happened. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. So she's yeah. So she knows, and that that's how it'll go down. So yeah, it's it sucks to see it, and it sucks to hear it, and it sucks to know that it's true that women aren't believed and it's like you know especially after me too and folks were like well why don't women report really motherfuckers but i, I think I, I agree that it wasn't uh louise wasn't coming from a place of victim blaming it was coming from a place of just concern and, and laying I don't out think the at facts that point either we really knew that she was also um, no you know we yeah. didn't know about her history of being an assault victim so yeah like knowing more about her history and mm -hmm. 
Because I was a little taken. Headspace was at that time. Yeah, because I was a little taken back with that line at first. Because I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of kind of blamey," but mm-hmm. I don't think it was coming from a place of blaming. I think no, it was concern, truth, and like this. This that's, is how it is. Yeah, this is this the world is we live in. The reality. Because let's be honest, Selma was a little naive. Like mm-hmm. she's a little like. I trust everyone mm-hmm. and everything's good. And she left the money in the envelope on the on the nightstand. <laughs> you crying out loud. Jeez, you couldn't even put it in a bag or like keep it with you or something. Put it in the drawer of the nightstand. It's just why didn't why didn't Louise have ah Yeah. And that was the other thing. Like, um, come on, Louise. You're the bossy one. You need to be in control of the money, bitch. It's Is your it, fucking money. It, literally her money. <laughs> I was like, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Great movie. Good bestie movie. Good, nice uh, feminist movie. Still, it has aged well, and rewatchability is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, before we uh, pop off, uh, what's been streaming in your bubble, Jill? Oh, I just started Ooh. watching Reservation Dogs. So I've heard I'm, good things. It's so good. I'm streaming it on Hulu right now. It's an FX original it's so good. It's about a group of kids that rob and steal, and they're robbing and stealing to save money to go to California because they want to get off, like, they want to get away from their village or their reservation. And the writing's really good. The acting's really good. The kids are freaking adorable. So it's like a comedy drama. So there's, you know, like, heartwarming and mm-hmm. things like that scenes. But then there's just, like, comedy quirky shit that the kids do and the other great thing is that the the writing the producing the acting they're all indigenous people awesome yeah it's really good i really recommend it i just started watching it last night and i'm and there's only eight episodes okay but they are coming out with a second season and i just i have two episodes left Nice. I highly recommend it. I've heard really good things about that. The other um, one that I've been watching is called Lower Decks, and it's a it's animation. Is that a Star Trek? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's funny. It's so cute and funny, and it's basically it's about the crew. It's about the crew. Mm -hmm. It's not so much the main characters, but here and there they'll throw in you know names like Kirk and oh sure um, sure the enterprise and so they're uh, they're not on the enterprise they're on a different ship but it's part of like the federation mm-hmm. um and they go to you know different galaxies and planets and it's just it's super it's cute and the writing's really well done and it's funny so i really recommend that too if you ever get it. it's i mean it's good for kids too oh okay good it's not super like racy or swearing or anything like that nice good because i always struggle to find stuff that i want to watch that i can watch in front of the kids i mean there might be like some adult humor but it's not like you know they won't get it you know like either they don't get it or it's not even naughty it's yeah. just whatever it is what it is gotcha yeah, I'll have to. I'll add that to the ever growing need to watch list. Uh, I've been doing a lot of John Waters mm, uh, movies. Awesome. I've got a. I'm recording tomorrow on a John doing covering John Waters movies. So I got in. I got in a bunch, <laughs> and I still want to try and get in a couple more. We'll see. I don't know that I will, but I watched a couple of his earlier. Um, movies that I hadn't seen before because I'm more familiar with like 90s, 80s, 90s John yeah, Waters. same here. I don't know much of his earlier stuff. It's like I know... I'm intrigued by him though. Yes. Um, I knew of Pink Flamingos and the infamous scene with Divine at the end where she eats dog poop. Um, oh, was that for real? Yeah, that was real dog poop. And then I was watching... There's a really good documentary on Netflix, I Am Divine, about okay. Divine. I, and yeah. so they cover... Uh, when when he did Pink Flamingos and John Waters was like, I only made him do it once. I'm not a sadist. <laughs> <laughs> Even the fact that Divine did that. Like, yeah. Wow. But it's for a, the art. For the art, absolutely. And it was a really good documentary and it was really interesting and really kind of heartwarming and kind of sad at times too. Mm. Um Are you talking about the the, doc, the, doc, the Divine documentary? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's called I Am Divine on Netflix. 
I, I highly recommend I it. I think I have that on my list actually right now. Yeah, I, I, I recommend it. I thought it was it was just such a it's such a sweet, well done uh documentary, uh just following the life of D- Divine going from well, following his life. So yeah. uh, as documentaries do. Yeah. As, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of great interviews. So cool. If it's not on my list, <laughs> I will add it to my list because I adore Divine. Yeah, so my life has just been John Waters movies lately oh, and cool. After this weekend, I've got another recording coming up where we're going to talk about the Batmans and all the different live-action Batmans. So, Are you going all the way back to Michael Keaton? All the way to Adam West. Adam West. And there was even a guy that... Who are you recording this with? uh, Eric and Laura. Oh, okay. But I need to get in, because I'm not as familiar with like the Christian Bale versions. Oh, sure. Yep. So I need to get those in. Uh, Timmy and I did watch... Which one was it? The one, the one with Val Kilmer as Batman. <laughs> so that's like after Michael Keaton, but before Clooney. And is be- it Clooney? Yeah, because it goes. I think it goes Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney. Oh, sorry, I just realized all their last names had a K sound. Um, <laughs> and then, and then Bale. And then Bale. To bring it full circle. Yeah. Um, I watched Earth Girls Are Easy recently. Have you ever seen that? Yes. One? Gina Davis is in Yes. That's and right. And Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. And Damon, Damon Wayans. Wayans. Julie, um, Julie Brown. She used to be downtown Julie That's Brown. That's right. The, the VJ from MTV. Yes. It's so good. And I didn't realize that it's kind of a musical, too. Um, they do some music parts. Okay. I and forgot about the music it's, parts. It's like just a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. And young Jeff Goldblum. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's kind of creepy now. Like, I always consider him creepy in his old age. Like, creepy, like, I don't know, like, uncle creepy. Yeah, he's kooky. He's He's definitely kooky. Um, But, yeah, young Jeff Goldblum. Hubba, hubba. Um, But, yeah, and Jim Carrey, just in his prime, funny. And Damon Wayans, too. Mm -hmm. Like, they're both just adorable because they kind of. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not recently, I've but I mean, I remember. I've never seen it. I just saw oh. it like a couple of weeks ago. I loved it. Oh, so good. Such a good movie. And cute little Gina Davis in there. Yeah. Good callback. And way to bring it back around. Yeah. So. But I think that's going to do it for us today, folks. So, Jill, thank you for being in the pod basement. Thanks and for having me. Absolutely. And we'll be back with another bestie flick um, coming at you at some point. But... Until then, everyone, thanks for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, Search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.